Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Isaiah Likely in the house. What's going on, Isaiah? Good to see you. I know we've communicated uh, in the Twitter sphere here and there, but this is the first time we've actually connected as well. So it's uh, it's good to meet you, man. Nice to meet you too, my man. And you, you said before you're uh, you're back in in Massachusetts, correct? Yes, sir. Back home. Nice. And for uh, for those on here with us. Um, Isaiah obviously is uh, one of the best, maybe the best, maybe you'll make that declaration for us here this evening, uh, tight end in the draft, um, man, the highlight reel kind of speaks for itself. Just, you know, <laughs> splitting the seam, doing kind of whatever you want out there. And, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm right, writing a book on the tight end position. So I've just been so fascinated by the position itself. So I can't wait to hear like how you got into it, but. Uh, for everybody here, just kind of give us a little quick background on uh, where you come from in Massachusetts. Um, I don't know what, what your childhood, what your upbringing was really like. Gotcha. So uh, I'm from Cambridge, Mass. Originally, I moved to Malden, Mass when I was 14 years old. Uh, went to Malden High School up until my junior year. Transferred to Everett High School where I uh, attended. Uh, got almost every FCS offer you can think of. And then my only FBS offers was UMass, Southern Miss, and uh, Coastal. Uh, I had took an official to Coastal after being under-recruited. Um, loved my visit there. Loved the team chemistry. Loved the coaching. Came back to my family. And, I mean, stories written since. <laughs> Myrtle Beach. That's that's a good selling point, right? Like, the kind of those palm trees. And... <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, what, what's uh, light life in Coastal really like? I mean, I got kind of got to know Jamie and a few of the players last year around this time uh, for a story. Gotcha. It's, just, it's, it's so cool kind of what is building there. You know, it's um, kind of in the heart of ACC, SEC country, yet you guys kind of built this mini, like, powerhouse. Well, a couple, couple <laughs> years ago, for sure, you, pr- you probably were, you know, bring on Bama. Like, we want a piece of a Nick Saban. <laughs> But how, what went into that? How did you guys really kind of build something kind of, kind of from scratch in a lot of ways? 
Yeah. I mean, really, it just comes all in the effect of what you would do for your brother, the brother beside you. And that's really what the focal point was from that 2019 year to that 2020, because a lot of people don't know, but out of them seven losses we had, five of them accumulated to 24 points in total of losses. So those games have went either way. We could have been a 11 and two team to a, and we ended up being a five and seven. So just being able to harp down little things, those that off season going into the COVID year and really just understand that you don't have to be here. You're here because you want to be here. And that and that's just the the mindset that everybody came in to get better every day. And then as the season rolled around, we were the underdog almost every game. I mean, an underdog, the only really surprise to people is you winning. So if people always bet on us losing and we, we kept winning, I mean, you, you can see what can happen. So <laughs> and then as as the season went on, it started to get surreal where, you know, you're playing those app state where you beat them at home. You're playing BYU on college game day. And now you're looked at one of those focal point teams where everybody wants to go play football at. And that's just all, you know, is, is a blessing in, in itself on really what hard work and dedication can do. And you'll, you'll take that extra mile for your brother. That year was interesting, too, because it, it seemed like you guys were on prime time almost like every week. <laughs> every time you turned on ESPN or ESPN, too, like there, there's Coastal, like the those sick jerseys, like just, you know, the, all the celebrations and everything. I mean, what, oh, what yeah. a fun team. Like what? What's like the best just story you have from the coastal days of just, uh, I guess, just kind of having a blast. It seemed like you guys cultivated this like genuine Um, atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, there was one, one sick celebration that we had where we had the WrestleMania or at the end of the game, I don't know who it was after, but it was just like, after that, like celebrating after a win is different, but when you do it with an actual like planned celebration and then a surprise to the team is just something that, you can't reciprocate any other FBS or FCS program. So that was definitely one thing that at Coastal, that you learn to love, not only winning, but the fun that coaches have after and just showing you that all your hard work for those three hours of that game is paid off. That's right. I think it's not, maybe, maybe there's people on here who saw that because it, it kind of went viral, right? Like yeah. it actually had yeah. like a wrestling match, like a WrestleMania yeah. type of. <laughs> Through the table and all. Oh my God. Well, man, um, yeah, just, you know, with the draft, what's uh, the, the last two, three months really been like for you? And I think just about everybody on here has an interest in the Buffalo Bills. I, I think you were in the neck of the woods, right? Yeah. Like you were visiting the Bills. So tell us a little bit about that visit, too. Uh, so, you know, I mean, when you play that last bowl game or last uh, really collegiate game that you have, it all hits you fast. I mean, you're you're now in the works of trying to be that professional athlete that you that you strive to be when you was younger. So, you know, everything hit fast at first. I mean, just preparing for the senior bowl, preparing for the combine, preparing for pro day. So just having all that in your head, like that first week, week and a half after the, the game you had just played and trying to get all that in the woodworks. And then really, I mean, just hitting each step and trying to maximize your, your opportunities. And then looking back on it now is just a blessing in disguise. I mean, always just being where your feet are and never looking too forward in the future and not worrying about really what's happened in the past really just put me in the possibility to be that superhero that I called myself when I was younger. And then just, you know, having teams, being able to to really just love what I do in my game and, and really try to re- not really recruit me, but bring me, bring me for a, a 30 visit to come see their facility and come see and, and show me what it'd be like being in their, you know, jerseys and being their actual facility is just a blessing in all all this stuff as well. 
So you, you were you were in town though, right? I mean, so you were in Orchard. Yeah, Park, I was in so Buffalo. Were... Yeah, I was in I was I was at the facility. I lo- loved it all. Loved it. What 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 kind of goes into a visit? We do um like another on the the podcast like Jim Monis uh, is my co-host and he used to be the Bills like assistant GM basically. So he did all those visits like the dinner and the the yeah. whiteboard and and all of that and I mean they carry a lot of weight so. Um, did you go out to eat somewhere? Did you at least get some wings? Yeah, I mean, what do you do? We went, I forget what place it was, but they had, they were, they were known for, uh, some steak, some steakhouse place. I didn't get steak. I got, uh, the ribeye. It was, it was real good though. Uh, but you know, the, the visit in total is just, you know, it was a great, great experience. Cause I mean, you get to sit down with the owner, you get to sit down with the head coach, your position coach, the offense coordinator, you get to sit down with like the people that's like really making the decisions that whole draft week. And then you get to like really just maximize your opportunity and, and tell them really why they should pick you over so-and-so or why, why they should really be trying to grab you, grab you in that uh, forsaken round. What do you say then? Like what, why should a team like the bills draft Isaiah likely? I'm the most versatile tight end in this draft. I mean, when it comes to big play potential, there's no tight end that does, what I do with the ball in my hand, or even when I run routes. I mean, I'm I'm really that mismatch nightmare, that chess piece that te- that teams now in the NFL are loving to grab. That's just what I what I do on the field on a day to day basis. Awesome. Well, we got a pretty big crew in here, so if anybody uh, you know has a question for Isaiah, fire away. <laughs> I have a question for you, Isaiah. Thank thanks for jumping on too. By the way, yes, sir. Um, like when did the you know when did the NFL dream kind of become a reality for you? I'd say I mean I've been playing football since I was four years old, so it's always been a you know a dream. And then probably my sophomore year of college, where I had my first hundred yard game, when I was like, man, this was like kind of easy. Like I feel like I could do this on a day to day as long as I get the opportunities. Yeah. And then it was just off of just studying film and really just harping on little things in the off season and, and just maximizing practice. And that's just put me in the possibility of having a stellar senior year, even when I was injured, I mean, junior year when I was injured and then going in and maximizing my potential after that, fully, fully healthy, fully recovered in my senior year and having uh, really the record breaking year I needed. Because you could, I remember it was a thought for you, right? About, you know, maybe, maybe going pro early. Um, yeah. It had to have been tempting because you, you had some pretty good numbers. I had, before. so, yeah, I was arguably one of the top tight ends my junior year. And then I had, a lot of people didn't know, but I had told my plans to play in my left foot. So, like, I was really playing after week three. I had, like, my bone was shifting in and out during routes, during blocking. So, like, I needed surgery after the season. So, like, I had finished the year, did everything I was supposed to do. And then got surgery, and then I like I had already told my my team and my, my coaches I was coming back, and then I had told people like this is going to be a year that I promise will will open a lot of eyes because I'm 100 percent healthy, 100 percent ready to go. The planter plate, you said? Yeah, so it's like the bottom of your foot. <laughs> oh my god, that doesn't sound fun. Did you go to that guy in the guy? Is it the guy in Philadelphia who's like the foot? Guru. I know exactly what you're talking about. No, I had uh, Dr. Pappas uh, at uh, Conway. Okay. He did a great job. I mean, yeah. Because you want somebody yeah. who does that right. I mean, I've talked to guys, they they have foot <laughs> issues and uh, 
Ooh, it does that up. It could linger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brian, Connor, Andy. Hey, how are you doing, man? We're real good. How about yourself? Doing good. So, like, a question that I thought of, um, I know, like, the, the combine interview process is, like, a little involved. I've heard, like, a couple weird stories, like, I think. Uh, with the Dolphins, I think like Mike McDaniel was like dropping like random 90s hip hop references for like no reason <laughs> to some prospect. And then a couple years ago, I think like Garner Minshew like had to do like a game of horse with the Colts. Was there like anything like that really stood out to you about the combine process? Like anything weird like that? Or was it just like more like football stuff? Uh, it was most, most, mostly the football stuff. But I mean, like the probably like the most unorthodox thing I had to do was. Uh, with the Bears position coach, tight ends coach, he has sat me down right away and told me to uh, list 20, 20 uh, retired or current tight ends in the league right now in like a minute and 30 and see how, how much I knew. So that was probably the most unorthodox. How did that and go? <laughs> Sorry, man. I got, yeah, oh, I, got, I go. got 14. I got 14 or 15 and I forget which one, but it was, it was good. I mean, it was just like, I took like, seven seconds to like man he really just asked that and he was like well i just started going in the the one other thing that i thought of while you were talking about uh like your dinner with the bills i i don't know if you have to like sign like an nda or anything before you go into these things but um did like ken dorsey say anything about like how they'd incorporate you into the offense i know that he's like trying to do some more two tight end sets this season um I think you fit that well, but I don't know if they he like elaborated on any of that stuff. Uh, I mean, they're always going to tell you what they can and can't do with you, and that's with every prospect, and that's just because of they wouldn't have you there if they didn't think that you could fit their offense or their defense in per se. So, like, they're always going to tell you what they can and can't do with you. It's just all on the matter of what team and what coach and really what organization pulls that trigger on draft day. Do you like to block? Is blocking something you enjoy? Yeah, I love. I mean, I love the tight end position as a whole. So like, whatever, whatever I had to do as in the tight end, whether it's blocking, whether it's catching, whether it's being that focal point, I I welcome every challenge. I tell that's every coach. That's big because it seems like just talking to a lot of these tight ends. There's there's some people who, eh, you know, it's kind of just a, it's a nuisance, right? That nine on seven drills called at practice, like get me the hell out of here. I don't want anything to do with this thing. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, if you can give them something as a block, I mean, that's going to be huge for you because everybody sees what you can do as a receiver. Um, what goes into blocking? How, how, how would you kind of describe that element of your game? Really, I said, like, I take blocking, like, going – really, the offseason of my junior year, people, like, a lot more teens started saying, well, he's not a blocker. Like, he's just a big receiver. So, like, harping that, like, really just taking that as, like, a knock and really just saying, like, man, if they're saying it, I know everybody else is thinking it. So, taking that, like, over the shoulder or really on the shoulder and just smacking the face and just really harping on the offseason, really just practicing leverage, hand placement, and really just driving and just making strides in that my senior year. And, obviously, like, I'm not the best. And, obviously, there's always always going to be things to improve. But, like, when I, when I come – like going games to block, like I, I don't play around. Like I don't try to get in people's way. Like if I got to block you, like you're not making the tackle. And that's how I go about it. 
Like, as long as you're blocked and you're my man and I'm blocking you and you can't make a play, there's at least five, four to five yards this game. Because in Coastal's offense, I was most most likely the, the lead blocker for most instances. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I would think when somebody criticizes your blocking, it's almost like they're uh, they're going after your manhood. Like, they're just saying you're yeah. – you, you, you can't handle, like, the real football stuff here. I, that, 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 I would t- take that to heart a little bit. 100%. I, I got one here. Um, how do tight ends like the assignment uh, in a specific play? Is it always like on this specific play, you're a receiving threat or on this specific play, you're a blocker? Like it seems like it would have a lot of IQ required and football IQ to be like, oh, that guy's, you know, that rusher is blitzing. This guy's not like, do you make that last second adjustment or does someone else or how's that work? Uh, like in in the like second before the snap so really like i can't speak for like other people's offices but for coastal right. like the quarterback the quarterback checks it so like you mm-hmm. got to know what really everybody is because sometimes he'll check it to a five-man protection where you're still out on the route and sometimes they'll check into a mm-hmm. seven-man protection whereas now you got to know whether the the tackle's covered or uncovered and who if you have the dn or if you have help by the running back and that's just awful really just knowing and studying and really just breaking down film and watching their tendencies and also understanding your playbook. Right. So whether it's the, whether it's the combine or, you know, any, any of the visits that you took, I think you said you took four visits total. Three. Three. Three visits. So it was the Bills and who else? Jets and Cardinals. That's right. So whether it was the visits or the combine, um, how stressful is it when they ask you to uh, write something on the board? Because, I mean, <laughs> Monas was t- saying at the, my God, a couple of weeks ago on our podcast, how, you know, when he was with the New Orleans Saints as a scout, they had Josh Norman in, you know, maybe the best player Coastal ever, right? Like, uh, yeah. and, they, and it was a train wreck. Like, Josh couldn't get the <laughs> clicker to work. I think they were watching film. He had to point things out on film. He didn't know what he was seeing he was like in tears. Like it was, they almost felt like really bad for Josh Norman and Sean Payton and the Saints are like, we're not drafting this guy. And obviously it was a mistake because he's, you know, one of the best yeah. DBs of, of his generation. So, I mean, who knows what you even take from that, but clearly like the stress of that moment ate him alive and with the Saints anyways, um, was it stressful for you? Like what did teams ask you to do in that setting? Uh, different teams ask different things. So, like, a lot of teams would just ask, really just draw up uh, really defensive defensive scheme, defensive structures, and then your your plays that you would do to, to, like, really just get a first down and get, like, if it was third and five, like, get five yards. If it was first and ten, get a first down, just stuff like that. And then, like, a lot of teams would, like, see if you, like, either study for the moment or if you just know it off of just knowing football. So teams would talk to you while you're writing it on the board to really see if like you're just doing it because like you actually practice. But like, I love film and I love board work and I do it all the time, my coach. So like, I can have like an intellectual dialogue while drawing up cover three, with an over front, with an under front, with an over G and really just draw up what we would do to face it. Cause like when I, like that's the thing, like at Coastal, like I was used everywhere. So I had to know really what everybody did. So I could tell everybody what the really what the offensive line had to what the running backs read was to what the 
three receivers had to what the tight end had and what Grayson's first, second, and third read was in every concept. That's really interesting. I mean, what, what a cool tactic. Like, it makes sense, right? They're trying to carry a conversation with you while you're, like, doing something. Yeah. So, you, you, so it's about, the conversation's about something completely different? Yeah, so, like, they'll be like, okay, can you draw up under G with cover three and a roll down boundary safety? And then I want to see what you guys would do in your passing game on third, third and eight. And then, like, you're drawing, and he was like, so some of us, tell us about your home life. And, like, you got to talk to him while – while you're drawing it up it's never like okay what would he have if if he rolled down there no it's it's unlike it has nothing to do with football <laughs> and you know what they're do- you know what they're really trying to do to you yeah 100 percent. and like they'll know if like you're just not answering because you're really trying to focus or if you're like you're answering because you actually know what you're doing yeah you feel like you got to show off that skill of, of really knowing the game oh 100 yeah. yeah i mean i surprised i surprised i i surprised a lot of really uh coaches at the combine in my formal meetings because those formal meetings you've got 20 minutes to really just impress them and show them that you're uh intelligent in the football game and not just playing it and not just understanding your responsibility but really understand the the goal in the play as a whole and that's really what i highlighted and showed showed really teams <laughs> That sounds exhausting, like those 20-minute meetings, just oh, like yeah. after it's like <laughs> speed dating or something, but it sounds like, like sounds exhausting. Yeah. I mean, at, at the combine, it was more because it was like 16 repetitive teams asking the same questions of all <laughs> backgrounds. Some teams would throw in like plays, like drop, and play, uh, drop plays, but most it was just all background information. So you're just repeating the same story for three hours straight, <laughs> and you can't like, act like you didn't want to be there because at the end of the day like it, it's your dream like your dreams like literally right in front of you so you can't just act like you didn't want to be there man so how do you view the combine because I, i'm kind of torn <laughs> on it like part of me like thinks yeah it's it's i mean it, it's a drag i mean that's stupid right what you just said like it's idiotic like why should you have to say the same exact thing again and again and like, what are you really going to learn in 15, 20 minutes? And then, like, the first day of the combine is so awkward. <laughs> I mean, you're, like, in spandex, and you're, like, stripped down to nothing, and you're getting weighed and poked and prodded. But then, like, if you blow up at the combine and you show I'm this big, strong, fast specimen who can get this many reps on the bench, who can run this in the 40, like, you're going to make <clears throat> a shit ton of money, too. So, I mean – I have a hard time just like crapping on the combine as well. I don't know, like just the it's, concept of it. Where do you stand? I mean, I like coming from a G5. So really, I feel like it, it's a showcase for them, for really those people that's being doubted in per se, uh, really just on what they do on, on film. Is it really just because of lackluster competition or if it's because that's really who they are? And that's only if you didn't get invited to those all-star games. So I feel like, when you when like those underclassmen so like if you're a junior you can't go to an all-star game you got to bank on and get invited to the combine or you got to bank on that pro day but combine really lets all 32 teams know that like you are one of those players that you're that, that's supposed to play in the national football league and like at the end of the day like the combine is always you know that dream for that kid that you obviously want to do but there's a lot of hard long nights at the combine <laughs> Right, because you probably have meetings at night, 
right? Like, yeah. how, late, how late do you have to do stuff? Uh, you're there from really uh, your last meetings at like 1130. That's really when it clocks out and you're done and you get to go to your room. But then like a team might grab you at like 1145 for a quick minute. And then you still want to see your trainers that you haven't seen all day. So like you're really not getting inside till like 1245, one o'clock. And then you got to wake up again at 5 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> Man. I, I just totally forgot to ask you too. Like how, how did you get into the tight end position? Like it, what did you play growing up? And, and at what point did you kind of make the move to the grade? So I, I've been a receiver in the defense end my whole, really my whole high school experience. And it wasn't until my senior year where I was being recruited as a tight end, but like a tight end hybrid. So, like, I'd still be able to do receiver tendencies. I'd just be able to be labeled as a tight end. So, like, I guess my freshman in, in like, middle of sophomore year, I liked the tight end position. And I felt like that that's what wasn't letting me achieve, being able to get to that next level and being that really that top tight end title. And then really just harping on the little things and, and falling, up, falling in love with the run game as much as I did in the passing game my uh, sophomore summer and really just trying to be that that – league caliber player that everybody talks about and just bring my game to a whole nother level my junior year and then just really just having the injury set me back a little bit and just the goals and, and what I wanted to achieve and then coming back my senior year and showing them that I'm not only the same player but I'm a lot better I'm twice as twice as the player I was last year and just really just showing them that you know I love this position I don't just play it just because that's my label I, I, I take this for, I don't ever take this for granted of those 14 guys that you mentioned uh, to the, to the bears tight ends coach, who do you love the most? Like who do you just admire watching when you're pulling up clips? Uh, when I, when, when I was playing uh, like in high school, my senior, I watched a lot of Antonio Gates. Uh, now, like I, I watch a lot of Darren Waller, George Kittle, a little bit of Kyle Pitts, uh, Travis Kelsey, and just really try them all their games and really just take, take how they're, how their coaches use them to to be that mismatch nightmare and see what they see what they do with their routes when they're getting those man coverages when they're getting those brackets looks to always really just be open and really what they bring into the run game and have the passing game look just like it. Yeah. Best part about living in Myrtle Beach for all of college. <laughs> uh, I definitely say being able to escape on that water. I mean, that's just what brings you down to Myrtle Beach is the, the, that beach and just being having having that beach being 15 minutes away where you could just go there and relax your mind and just walk on the beach and just just look in the horizon and just realize that this is people's escape places on vacations. And you could come here on a Tuesday afternoon in the middle of class and just really be able to kick up and relax. Jeez. I don't know. I don't know what everybody else thinks on this, but it's like. Went to Syracuse for for college. <laughs> for, we didn't we didn't have many of those moments. It was it was snowing and mid to late April, right right with finals around the corner. <laughs> why, why the hell am I doing this right now? Why didn't I choose Coastal Carolina? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you get drafted to the Bills, you're you're gonna have to find a new hobby. There's no, <laughs> there's no beach. I'm used to it, but I'm from Massachusetts, so there ain't there ain't a lot here. That's true. It'll be the lake effect, though. Will be different. We can promise you that. Yeah. 
it would be interesting if they took you. I mean, they've got Dawson Knox, OJ Howard. I mean, hey, maybe maybe some three tight end sets. Maybe they maybe they have a vision for you. Maybe it's a role we can't can't even think of right now. Probably. I mean, that's what they get they get paid to to put the best players on the field. So however they they do it, I'm with it. <laughs> Well, I know Marcus just joined us too, but if um, if anybody else has any any questions for Isaiah, uh, let her let her rip. And no, the only thing I was going to add is that uh, I mean Buffalo and Green Bay—they're both pretty similar that way. <laughs> that's right. We're 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 bringing in the Green Bay contingent now with Marcus, so that's uh, it could be a possibility. Who knows? Yeah, Tyler's got what he got us like a second headquarters in Green Bay, basically. <laughs> We're going on. <laughs> I know it's de- definitely like our our foundation is 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 Buffalo Green Bay. There was a lot of giants after that story, but now it's just kind of scattered after that. But yeah, <laughs> well, awesome, Isaiah. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Um, awesome to get to know you, and best of luck this week. I almost said next week. It's finally here. You got to love that. Yeah, and- three more nights. <laughs> Yeah, good luck. Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, man. You too.